Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we are going to be talking about how to stop arguing and fighting all the time with your wife. And this one's directed to men because men frequently do not understand the correlation between a constantly stressful home and the woman's uh, desire to be close, physically or emotionally. And I'll discuss why and how to think about this differently and behave differently such that you can um, get different results from the ones that you have uh, previously been getting. And before that, I just want to tell you guys, of course, to subscribe. I recently did one on men who think their wives are hotter. Another one's going to be coming up soon. I do one about every... um, uh, you know, five or so, not men who think their wives are hotter than them, but men who think that like everybody's thinking that and it freaks them out. And I have a lot of other awesome episodes, I think 41 by now. Okay, so let's dive into the, uh, to the arguing issue. So first of all, there's a lot of people that argue like every day constantly in their relationship, but they don't understand it could be any different. This is usually because they have um, fought for the entirety of the marriage and then prior to that they lived at home growing up in an in an atmosphere where there was constant fighting so as I discussed in my episode on marital conflict which you should go back for um, listening how that affects your children it affects them terribly so that should be your number one priority if you have kids is to stop fighting so your kids aren't so stressed out all the time that their little bodies are pumping cortisol through their bloodstream and they end up with hypervigilance and PTSD problems like so many individuals that grew up in homes with constant fighting so that's number one I mean that's like number one two and three is if you have kids you better stop because it's really bad for them and a lot of people delude themselves that their kids don't notice and their kids always notice. Why don't you just ask any of us who grew up like that if we noticed? We noticed, (laughs) you know. uh, But uh, anyway, so then you might say, all right, cool, I'm on board. Obviously, I know that I shouldn't be fighting in front of my kids anyway, but somehow we're always fighting and I don't know why. Well, yeah, you do. Like it takes two people to fight. There are men that are in the Mr. Perfect and it's crazy wife dynamic that you could listen to in my podcast about that with that name. That's a bonus one. Uh, there's men that are like, oh, no, she fights on by herself. Really? This is a wonderful trick that she has come up with to fight by herself. She's not fighting by herself. Let us be real. You're fighting in a different way called being passive-aggressive, sniping, condescending, dismissing. I see it all the time. And then this makes the woman crazy. All right, so she's literally acts crazy. Cool. She'll usually admit it. Yeah, I act crazy. I threw shit. I yelled at him. I yelled so loud I woke the kids. It was horrible. I feel ashamed of myself, right? But why? Usually it's not because the guy's being sweet and loving. Let's be real. That is not reality. 50-50 is how marital conflict goes, and it's how marital problems go of any sort. So if you are a man who's constantly fighting with his wife, like there's some men that are the one who is the yeller, and they have their own anger issues, and they got to get into therapy stat because they definitely saw that usually from a father figure, sometimes from a mother there was usually a yeller if you're a man who is yelling in a loud voice a it's worse it's worse for the kids you seem this is evolutionary this is an aggressive male everybody is scared of an aggressive male like walking down the street if there's some woman acting aggressive and crazy you're not going to be as scared as if it's a guy that's just how it goes also your neighbors like wake up your neighbors are going to call the cops one day and then your troubles are first going to start and your kids are going to remember you as an aggressive scary male 
bad, very bad. So if you are in the subset of men who are literally screaming with the anger issues and your wife is the one who isn't and maybe she's being passive aggressive, you got to get your anger issues in check. I don't care how passive aggressive she's being because you are going to get screwed one day yourself. You may you may have the cops called on you. I've seen it happen. And the cops are not going to listen to you saying that she was being passive aggressive. So th- this is a whole different subset of men. Now, if you're not a yeller, if you are the one that I more frequently see, the passive-aggressive sniper, and your wife is the yeller, or maybe you both passive-aggressively snipe at one another, then this is um, for you. It's for you if you're a yeller, too. But it's particularly for the people who pretend that they're not the one who's fighting this episode. So, first of all, you are not being your most loving, flexible, kind self. Let's be real. Otherwise, what's she going to be upset about? You could say she could be upset about anything. No, she can't. She's not a psychopath. She is upset because you are not acting nice. And that is what she keeps on saying. And that's the truth. That's always what I see. I have never yet once seen a couple come in and I'm like, bam, that woman is just crazy. My God, she just yells about anything, anytime. This poor man is bending over backwards. I do not see that happen. In th- that happens in, in situations where there's not a lot of fighting. Sometimes in situations where there's, because think about it, like let's be real. A lot of the males listening pride themselves on being very rational, right? If you are really bending over backwards, How could there be constant fighting? I mean, come on. If you were really a doormat, who would she be fighting with? It would probably be the situation she has possibly with one of your kids or somebody else in her life, like a friend or somebody that you consider just kind of lays down and lets her do whatever she wants. She doesn't fight with those people. Nobody does because those people are doing exactly what they want. You, on the other hand, there's endless conflict with. Why? Because you're not doing what she wants. <laughs> like, let's be real, right? So you, the first thing to say is, am I just oppositional? Am I just oppositional? Here's some key words for men who, who don't like to think of themselves as oppositional, but maybe some of the other ones will resonate. A, do you have ADHD? Because ADHD people are very oppositional. It's a, it's a symptom of it. You could read Driven to Distraction or you could listen to my podcast on ADHD. Much more likely if you have ADHD, you want to listen to my 20-minute podcast on ADHD than read a book. Anyhow, number two, are you a contrarian? Oh, well, if you are, if you really like that word, you, you model yourself after Elon Musk and other contrarians. Maybe you're so contrarian, you don't even like Elon Musk. Either way, if you think of yourself as a guy who like bucks the trends, you're probably just a difficult mofo to deal with in a relationship. So that's why you're fighting all the time. That's your half of it. It's half and half. Your half is because you are contrarian, read difficult, and everything she says, you got an answer to. You got a smart answer, not smart in a good way, smart as in smart Alex, smart ass, and you just do not let things go. You're just inflexible. You got to make sure that your opinion is understood. Uh, Why? Nobody knows. Well, of course I know. I'll tell you why in a second. And she just can never get your respect. She can never feel like she influences you positively. She can never, you never say good point. You never say good idea. You just come at things very, very oppositionally. And when I say never, uh, this is hyperbole. Sometimes I'm sure you say good idea when her idea bears out your 
your idea. But usually you can be very difficult to talk to because it's your way or no way. And you may not be a loud yeller about that, but you let that be known in other ways, such as shutting down everything that she has to say, laughing, minimizing, dismissing, devil's advocate, and so forth. Now, why would you do this? Because you saw it. You saw it growing up, and you saw constant fighting, and or there's some men who saw a dad who really was a doormat, and they've resolved not to be like that. So then they turn into the opposite of that, still not good, but the opposite, which is a difficult person versus a person who's a doormat. But they're both still bad. They're both still dysfunctional. So you want to get to something in between. So how can you get to something in between? Oh, um, why? Well, one reason is she's never going to have sex with you. Because women need to be relaxed. They need to feel relaxed to have sex. That's why I'm constantly telling men to massage their wives. Because that activates the parasympathetic nervous system, not the sympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight uh, you know, side of, of the nervous system. It's like as though there's a tiger in the room, except you're the tiger. Guess what? If there's a tiger in the room, she doesn't want to have sex with it. She wants to get the hell away from it or fight it, depending on the type of person she is. And if you're listening to this and, and uh, about the fighting, she's probably the person who would try to fight back with the tiger instead of the person who would run away. So she perceives you as the tiger. Either way, she doesn't want to have sex with the tiger because that's maladaptive. If people wanted to have sex during fight or flight, they would lay down, start having sex, and the tiger would eat them. So our bodies do not work like that. When a woman is in fight or flight, she does not want to have sex. Now, men have a higher threshold for stimulation than women. And so a man could think that y'all are having like this like debate or that fighting isn't really fighting. It's just banter. Whatever. If your wife says um, that you are fighting all the time or that you're argumentative, then you are. Let's just go with that because if she feels you are fighting, her nervous system is activated. She may be a very anxious person, but that does not mean that there is no fighting going on. She could certainly tell the difference between somebody who is happy and loving and flexible and somebody who is not. I don't care how anxious she is. So what do you do to not do this? The first of all is you got to reframe. Is whatever argument you're having more important than the sanctity of the home, than your children having a peaceful landing place, and then your wife and then your wife feeling loved, secure, close, and relaxed enough to be potentially physically and emotionally intimate. Probably not. Probably most, uh, 75% of the things you fight about, you could just let go. So you, you, you should probably write it out. What are the things that I really don't give a shit about? Uh, this, 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 this. And these are yet still things that I fight about. Somehow I managed to have an opinion on things I don't even really give a shit about. So like, for example, one time uh, I, I knew a girl and the husband was, she was a friend and the husband had very specific preferences about what she should uh, do in terms of some sort of thing they were picking out in the registry for plates. Okay. So, so like literally like I, I can, I cannot get my imagination around this, that this would be something that this man really deeply cared about. Perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps he is a plate maven and he is a China fiend and he just collects this shit and like he loves plate. But something tells me no. Something tells me that a man who cares that much about the pattern on the plates is probably just argumentative. 
And it's so interesting because if you said to him in that moment, would you rather get laid tonight or would you rather express your preference on whether the leaves or the flowers should be around the perimeter of your plate? I think he said I'd rather have sex tonight. But no men ever think of it like that. And here I am to the rescue to tell you, believe me, you have made this choice so many more times in your life than you think you have. And that's why your sex life and your intimate life in general, including your wife being happy to see you, hugging you, kissing you, smiling at you. That's why all that may be subpar. It may be subpar because you need to talk about whatever your equivalent is of the plates. So you don't really care about the plates, I'm willing to guess. You don't really care about a lot of stuff. So the stuff that you don't care about, you should immediately stop arguing. So your opinion is not necessary. So if she says, I like the blue curtains, what, are you going to die if you have the blue curtains? No. Who cares, really, if you like the gray curtains? It's so much better for your marriage to say, okay, good, I like the blue curtains, too. Who cares? You can get to a place where you like the blue curtains, right? Now, then you should pick the things that are actually important to you. These should be, like, big picture things. I care that we have a sex life in this marriage that I enjoy. I care that maybe, in an example, in the post that I wrote, I care that I link to, don't worry, um, that the children go outside their comfort zone and they're not raised in an extremely anxious atmosphere. All right, good, you got two. You know how many you should have? About two. <laughs> you know, so then that means you don't care anymore about Chinese versus Italian food. You never care about what the plate looks like or any equivalent of that shit. You don't necessarily care what you uh, see as a movie. These are your big things. On your, on your tombstone, you would want it to be said he had a loving marriage and he was a wonderful father. So good, so you got these two big picture things. By the way, doing this can, is really an exercise in individual therapy, figuring out what your important top level values are. They are not if she picks a different color of curtains. Who cares? So... Again, unless you are like Mr. Designer Man and your number one thing that's going to be on your tombstone is he kept an impeccably fashionable home. In which case, great. You have the curtains, but then you don't have something else. So get like two. Get like two things that you are super important to you. So then you say, all right, cool. So I get rid of everything else. And now still, though, she won't have sex with me. And she over hovers over the children such that uh, they are constricted. Okay, fine. So how do you bring things up about one of these two variables? Well, first of all, you act loving and supportive. And you go through multiple days without any arguments at all. Wow. Imagine. People do that. I'll tell you, it's hard for people who grew up in a fighting home to believe this, but you can go through multiple days, even weeks, even months, without fighting. Try for days. Like, let's not put the cart before the horse. If you have multiple days where you have been loving, flexible, kind, and supportive, then you can bring up some kind of issue. So your issue should be brought up in a collaborative, loving kind of a way. So let's say it's the sex thing. Sweetheart, I love you. Um, I want to work on our sex life. I have uh, read this book here uh, on it. I've learned different things that I want to do. I hope that we can be close this weekend, sweetheart. I love you, right? So what are you doing here? You are being nice, you are being loving, you're being collaborative, you're focusing on her. Also, 
speak in her love language for those couple of days that you're not fighting, right? Do all of the things that she likes you to do. If she likes acts of service, sweep up. If she likes gifts, get her a little gift, right? So do all of those things as the baseline. Then when you bring up your thing, don't do it in a fighting kind of way. Don't say, here I am doing X, Y, Z, and why are you still not going to bed with me? Well, in that moment, you could see why, because you're being an asshole. So bring things up in a loving a collaborative, warm way, and then discuss your feelings. I feel lonely when we don't have sex. Uh, I want to be close to you. I love you so much. I think that you're beautiful, and I want to be close. So you are coming at it from a way where it's very, very hard for her to fight with you, and then you express your desire to come up with a team solution. So she says, well, I have my period this weekend, and you're thinking, girl, you had your period every weekend, but you don't say that. You say, okay, so what about if I get a babysitter two Fridays from now and we have a date night and then we come back? Maybe you'll be in the mood then, sweetheart. I really hope so. Uh, I love you. I'll be looking forward to it. And then you go back to being like a nice guy. So remember what that means? That means you don't fight. You don't pick on other things that are all of a sudden big opinions that you have to have. And you actually do a real deep dive as to ways that you could be nicer and less conflictual. There's an analogy in ACT, which is acceptance commitment therapy, which I uh, touched on in one of my podcasts on living the life that you find deeply fulfilling. And they use lots of analogies in ACT. This is like their thing. And one of them is you cannot play tug of war if somebody puts down the rope. So put down the rope. She can't play tug of war by herself. She cannot fight by herself. That's something that people say we're very dismissive. You're fighting with yourself. No one fights with themselves. They can't. They can't. So you put down your side of the rope and you see, if I am more of the man that I want to be, less of a sniper, less passive aggressive, let's be real. Like these are personal goals, I'm sure, for the majority of humans. Less uh, sweating the small stuff, more of a big picture guy, more figuring out the true values that I have, which should not be very many because they're big ones. If I am more of that person, well-intentioned, collaborative, kind, loving, and nice, then who's she going to fight with? She's not going to fight with that guy. She's not. Because, you know, interestingly... There's all sorts of ways to do experiments. <laughs> and a natural one that transpires frequently in couples counseling is somebody goes on an antidepressant. So let, uh, when somebody goes on an antidepressant, <laughs> you can usually tell very quick. So a person's like, I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed. I just happen to bluster around constantly in a constantly irritable state where nobody can speak to me and everybody's walking on eggshells, but that's not depression because I'm very functional at work, <laughs> right? And then finally, this guy decides he's going to go on Prozac. Look who's showing up smiling. It's like, it's like a different guy. It looks like invasion of the body snatchers. So when this person is actually nice, then guess what his wife starts to do? She starts to be nice back because it's almost impossible not to be nice to somebody who's being nice. So this is like, so let's say you may be thinking, holy shit, do I have to go on antidepressants? That would be a real wonderful epiphany to have from this. If that sounds like you, Mr. Irritable, that nobody could uh, be around him because everybody's like walking on eggshells because you might explode at any moment. That's usually how male depression manifests. Um, But 
bought. Let's say you say, no, no, I'm not depressed, whatever. All right, fine. Um, why don't you just act like you went on an antidepressant? It could be like a personal, personal, like, uh, little experiment. Just act happy. Act happy, act nice. Act how somebody would if they went on Soma, like in Brave New World, right? And if you do this, who is your wife going to fight with? She's not going to fight with you. And if somehow you have the one wife in the world who is going to somehow pick at you constantly despite you being sweet and smiling and collaborative and loving, then shit, doesn't that experiment really show you that there are real deep issues here? Yes, maybe she has resentment for many, many years of you acting the different way. Maybe she can't stand you and she's waiting to get out. Who the hell knows? Then you should get into couples counseling. But for many people, if they try to act nice, sweet, and loving, the wife is going to respond. And then they are going to get a lot further in the ways that I'm describing communicating than they have ever gotten before being a constant fighter. This is not an MMA competition. This is your marriage. No women want to fight. They don't want to fight unless they have some sort of personality level issue, borderline personality, uh, depression that is irritable. But even then, they don't want to fight. They they fight. <laughs> they fight more than average, but they still don't want to fight. Everybody's fantasy is not fighting because the other person gives in. They want to win. There's many people in the world who want to win. You're probably one of them yourself if you admit it, if you're in this fighting relationship. So she wants to win. So what could you do? Let her win on shit. Let her win on as many things in a day as possible. Why not? Why have you been going against this random shit? And if there are some things that are going to to turn out badly people say oh this is going to turn out badly though so if I don't tell my wife like for example that she's cleaning that thing wrong then she's this is the best one she's going to be upset later because it won't have turned out the right way oh my god so you're telling me that the reason that you're an asshole is because she's going to be upset later about something guess what she's upset with you now so you didn't really do anything you're just making her upset thing be now with you instead of later on let's say like your wife was um let's say she she um did, i mean i see the minuscule shit in couples counseling so let's say it's that she is cleaning the car window with the with something that's going to streak the car window and you come up and you say that's not how to clean a window. And she's like, why are you always being such an asshole, right? So, so yes, later there would have been streaks in the window. Later, she might have been in a bad mood with herself, which is better than with you. But right now, she's in a bad mood with you because you came in like an asshole, right? So try to put down the rope. Don't make these little fights. You don't need to have an opinion about everything. And instead, try to figure out your top level macro values and wait a few days of calmness if you can execute on it and then talk in a more collaborative, loving, team-oriented way where there is really not a lot of way for her to argue with you and bam, you may get a lot of stuff done without having to go to couples counseling. If you fail, there are always couples counselors. Many of them work for me. I am one. You can always contact me. Y'all know I have a group practice, Best Life Behavioral Health, that does teletherapy. Um, and of course, I also see people. So uh, see how this goes. And really, though, do that introspection. Why am I fighting all the time? Why am I fighting all the time? Usually the answer is 
I grew up in a house with a lot of fighting, and it doesn't even really occur to me that there does not have to be a battle of the wills over every goddamn little thing. And to think about it, my, I'm teaching my kids the same thing, makes me deeply ashamed, and so I myself unilaterally am going to try to stop the conflict. That would be a wonderful resolution to get from this podcast. And on that note, I will leave you, and uh, please do subscribe if you are getting any value from these podcasts, or if not. <laughs> All right, bye-bye.